It's time to bring you yet another amazing episode. And now, welcome your host. Hey there, everybody, everybody, everywhere. How you doing? I'm your host, Lakeisha Devils, coming to you live from We Are The Remnant. You know the reason why we are the remnant? Because Jeremiah 23, 3 says that God gathered the remnant of his flock out of the countries where he had driven them and he'll bring them back together again and they shall be fruitful and increase so as your host today i'm here to let you know that you are to be fruitful you are to increase because you're the royal priesthood he's made you to do exceedingly abundantly above all things that we could ever imagine or think so sit back relax enjoy the show but we'll be back after this Looking for professional tax preparation service? Well, look no further. Legacy Redeemers LLC is here to provide you, our listeners, with professional tax support. That's right. Visit LegacyRedeemers.com because they're taking the stress out of your taxes this year with virtual tax support. That's LegacyRedeemers.com. Again, that's LegacyRedeemers.com. And don't forget to tell them that we are the remnant sent you. Hey there, hey there, hey there. It's your girl, Lakeisha. How are you doing today? I hope that you are doing marvelous on this Monday. And I definitely have some good stuff for you today. <laughs> um, you know what? You could have chosen anywhere to be, just like I always say, but you chose to spend your Monday morning here with me um, and I'm going to try not to let you down, all right? I've got some, you know, we, we, we've we been going through, we've spent a lot of time in Genesis uh, last week um, when we were talking about, of course, knowing the names of God and things like that. And we spent a lot of time referencing who God is. And so, you know, I kind of thought about, just kind of journeying through the Bible. I mean, you know, I know we've been going back and forth since I started this podcast and what have you, but I really want to take some time to like journey through from the beginning Uh because, you know, the information is so good and it kind of really leads us up for the foundation. It's laying a foundation in which we're to live and of course, you know, it leads up to the great, um, the great testament of who Christ is. And it's kind of hard, you know, so many people want to start in the New Testament. And I get it. It's because, you know, Christ came and um, in the New Testament, there were so many things that were um were done because of Christ. But it's good to know the Old Testament as well because of the fact that you learn the foundation in which all of this stuff began like why did christ come anyway you know and it just really helps out it also helps you to see some good things and so as i was reading the bible i was just 
you know, reading the Bible anyway can just kind of have your mouth like drop like what that happened or you know just anything I mean maybe it's just me but I definitely do that and so I'm going to take you on this journey um we're going to be talking about Moses today uh when we come back we're going to be visiting the book of Exodus and uh you know I'm going to of course, take you on the journey, try to apply it to how we are today, and then you will wrap it on up. But again, I thank you for joining me. I'm Lakeisha Nevels, and we are The Remnant. back we're back we're back again i'm lakeisha nevels at we are the remnant and you know what i gotta remind you we are the remnant because you know god has chosen us he's chosen us to go be fruitful and multiply and like i said before we can't multiply unless we are helping others to know and love god just the way we do and just the way he loves us you know so that's what we're here to do, help you multiply. And in this case, it's always multiplying in our wisdom and knowledge for the Lord. And what better way to do so than to tap into his word, right? And so, like I said before we broke, we are in Exodus today. And um, Exodus, I'm going to kind of paraphrase Exodus chapter 1 so that we can talk about chapter 2. And the book of Exodus chapter 1, it was talking about how Pharaoh um, is actually killing all the firstborn sons. So he's leaving the daughters, but killing the sons. And it's interesting because, you know, you look at the way things have gone throughout history in general. And you know, I I look at Pharaoh and how he was doing the firstborn sons. And then I look at, you know, the way the structure of families have gone, um, you know, in in the earlier years of I'm I'm around the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all of those years where it was almost like Pharaoh taking the firstborn sons. But think of how the epidemic of drugs and alcohol and all that um, took our fathers. So took many of the fathers out of the home. It's like we were living in a modern day Pharaoh <laughs> type of situation. Um, and I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I look at it and try to see those words jump out at me and how can it be applied in today's, you know, 
in today's world. And so um, going to Exodus 2 uh, is when we discover Moses. So if you can follow me, pick up your Bibles, grab you some something to drink, and let's carry ourselves to Exodus chapter 2. Uh, and we're going to start off at verse 1. And it goes to say, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and he took a wife, the daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw him that he was goody, a goody child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him an ark of bulrushes and dabbled him with slime and with pitch and put him therein. And she laid him on the flags by the river brink. And his sister stood afar to wit what would be done of him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maids walked alongside the river. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw a child, and behold, the baby wept. And she had compassion for him, and she said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said to his sister, I'm sorry, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman? that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. So we're going to stop right there for a second. And so, you know, I, I told you I paraphrase the first chapter. And Pharaoh was going around, and I don't know if I had mentioned that he was killing the first sons, but of Hebrew boys. So any of those children that were Hebrew and the parents had the first child was a boy, that's who he was killing. And so this child, the mother conceives Moses and, of course, at the time, he wasn't Moses, but conceives a, a son. And she knew that, you know, hey, my son could die. So she goes and hides him for three months, but then puts him in the water. And <laughs> check out how God is. Now, remember last week I spoke about God being not only the provider, Jehovah Jireh, but God being the one who fights for you, Jehovah Nisi, right? Or the banner, Jehovah Nisi. And God was exactly that in this instance because not only did God allow for Pharaoh's daughter to see this child, but now has compassion on this child, 
But then check this out. The mother, the sister was, you know, off of far and it happens to be, it seems like the sister's a maid as well, but happens to say, do you want me to go get a nurse or somebody who could nurse the child? And so the daughter of Pharaoh says, go ahead, you know, go do that. So God set it up so that not only was Moses' life spared, but he made it so that not that another woman was not caring for this child yet his mother was the one who was going to nurse him <laughs> and then had the nerve to have pharaoh's daughter paying her to nurse her own child see that right there you guys that's the first thing <laughs> about God. God is Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide. Now, this mother could have been a mother who didn't know how she was going to pay to make sure that her son stayed healthy. I'm just going to, I'm going to use it for today since you guys. So God will set you up in such a way that you may not know how it's all going to get done, how your baby going to get fed, where the diaper's going to come from, you know, all of those things. But God will make it so that somebody sees your need and then he will supply through them. But in this case, he made it so that somebody seen this baby child had compassion and even though this child should have died because pharaoh was killing all the firstborns had compassion told his own mother to care for him <laughs> and then she paid the woman to care for her own child if that isn't god i don't know what is right there so you know i want to encourage you you and anybody who is having doubt that God is going to provide, I want to encourage you that he's going to not only provide, but he's going to set up the means in such a way that you won't have to worry. It might look a little scarce because, I mean, here it is a mom putting her child in water, her, her three-month-old baby in the water not knowing what's going to happen to him. But God's a God who keeps his promises. And if he said he's going to take care of you, then by golly, that's what our God is going to do. When we come back from the break, I'm going to finish, you know, sharing the story, tie some things up. But stay tuned. We'll be right back, you guys.
And we're back, we're back, we're back. Again, I'm Lakeisha Nevels here, your host, or we are the remnant. And we are still on Exodus chapter two, but I wanted to actually share with you how Moses got his name. And um, as I was mentioning, you know, Pharaoh's daughter had told Moses' mother, which she didn't know it was the, the child's mother, to go and nurse the child. And she actually paid him wages to do so. So in Exodus chapter two, verse 10, it says, and the child grew and she brought him unto Moses' daughter and he became her son. So now instead of Moses being the his his mother's son, he's now Pharaoh's daughter's son. Um, and it goes to say, and she said, his name, Moses, will be Moses, because I drew him out of the water. And in verse 11, it says, and it came to pass in the day, in those days that Moses grew that he was grown, I apologize, and he went out unto his brethren and took on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now remember, let's go back. Moses was actually a Hebrew before he became Pharaoh's son, Pharaoh's daughter's son, who was not a Hebrew, of course, um, but yet an Egyptian. So Moses goes out and see that an Egyptian is killing a Hebrew, one of his brethren, and he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew that Egyptian. So basically, he killed that Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Chapter 13, verse 13 says, And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said unto him, What did the wrong? Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee prince and judge over us? So basically the men were saying, what are you talking about? Who made you the prince to judge over us? Um, do you tend, it goes to say, do you intend to kill us as you killed the Egyptian? So now Moses is like, what? I thought nobody was looking. <laughs> so he, he, he thought he was about to get away with murder. So it says, Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. So if those two men seen Moses kill that Egyptian, now he, he, he knows that, wait, now somebody knows this. So I'm sure the word is going out. And in verse 14, it says, and Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. 15 says, now when Pharaoh heard this, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dealt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by the well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters and it came to pass, had seven daughters and they came to, dr to draw water and filled their to came to draw water and filled their throats to water their father's flock. And it says in verse 17 that the shepherd came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. 
verse 18 says, And when they came to real their father, he said, How is it that you are come so soon today? So basically the father's asking, How in the heck? What how did y'all do that? Like, how did you get all of this water and feed the flock and everything so so quickly? And it says in verse 19, it says, They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew the water enough for us and and watered our flock and verse 20 it says and he said unto his daughters and where is he so he, his daughters are saying well somebody else helped us do this so now the father wants to know well where is this person who helped you and why is it that you left this man it says Call him that he may eat bread. Verse 21. And Moses was content and to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zephariah, his daughter. And she bore him a son. And he called the name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Let's stop right there for a second. So not only did God show Moses favor at birth, he also showed Moses favor after he ran from Pharaoh, who, again, was not really his kin, was not really a bloodline of his, but he ran from Pharaoh for killing the Egyptian because he was a Hebrew. And now, all of a sudden, here he is getting favor again because he simply helped, you know, the the seven daughters with the water at the well. And so the man blesses Moses with a, a wife and now he bores him a son and he calls the son Gershom because he has been in a, a stranger in a strange land. I mean, think about it. How how often have you guys listened to God and maybe you're in a strange land? Maybe you're doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Or maybe, you know, like for me, I'm going to use me. I feel like I'm in a strange land. Um, I was raised in Virginia, but yet I'm I'm out here in Ohio, and to me it seems like a strange land. Maybe I should be called Gershima. <laughs> Just joking. I like Lakeisha. Just joking. But no, really, like God showed favor even in that situation. You know, and again I say we go back to remember who God is. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's gonna provide. So not only did he provide Moses with a place to stay when Moses fled, but he then provided him with a wife because hey, the word of God says that it's not good for man to be alone, right? And then not only that, but he provided him with his son. You know? So, I mean, you just got to think about the things that God does. And I want to continue on because I also want to show you that God never forgets the first thing that he says. Okay. 
So in verse 23, it says, And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage, and they cried. And their cry came up unto God by reason of bondage. So basically, they were like enslaved, okay? But they, they, they sighed because now they didn't have their king. They, they didn't have that. And it says, but God heard in, 20, in verse 24, but God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant to Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Now, when we come back, I want to explain some things um, and just give my perspective on what that passage said. So let's go enjoy some music and we'll be back. All right. <laughs> Don't you dare touch that doubt. Don't do it. <laughs> we'll be back. Well, well, we're back, and I guess you didn't touch the doubt because you're back with me. I'm Lakeisha Nevels, your host here. We are the remnant. Let's continue on, shall we? Right where we left off, we were at verse 23. Well, I wanted to go more so on verse 24 of. Exodus chapter 2. It says, And God heard their groan, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the ch children of Israel and had respect unto them. You guys, God is the kind of God who will hear your cry. He will hear your cry. And when he does so, he will have compassion. He will have respect upon you is what it says. Now, you have to remember that your cry is important. Like, you know what? I'm, a, I'm about to talk to the men right now. Men who said that you are not allowed to cry. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You know, you yes, you're strong. Yes, you are. But if you need to cry, cry out to God, because it says that God remembered his covenant. So, fellas, if you have to cry out to God 
when you're stuck up against that wall, when you don't know how to care for your family, when you are going through and you're at wit's end, cry, okay? Yell, scream, do what you need to do because God is listening and he's waiting for that surrendering heart of yours so that he can hear from you, so that he can have respect for you, and so that he can deliver you out of that situation, I mean, there's no shame in God's game and there shouldn't be any shame in yours. So stop feeling like as a man, you have to be tough 100% of the time because even Jesus wept. So stop feeling like you can't do the same thing. God needs to hear from you so that he can heal it, so that he can take that, so that he can deliver you, whatever the situation is. So, okay, I'm back. <laughs> but I had to let my fellows know it's okay, you know, and, and it's okay to cry. You're not going to be looked at as weak. I mean, and if you can't do it in front of the person who who loves you the most or who um, wants to see you succeed God is the one that you can do it in front of. I mean, don't fear him. He's there for you. And he wants the best for you. That's all I got to say about that. And so if we continue, like I said in that scripture, it said, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so I want to, I know we're on Exodus, but I want to take you guys back to where he first gave Abraham the covenant. Okay. Go to Genesis chapter 12, if you can, verse one, it says, and it says, now the Lord said unto Abram, remember at the time he was Abram, get ye out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thy shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So that was the first covenant there. God said he was going to make thee a great nation, that he was going to bless him. So, again, what is God telling you? Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, what is God telling you to do that you need to, You maybe you need to go out? Like, like Moses said, he was in that strange land, but yet God blessed him even in the strange land. What is it that God is telling you to do so that you might be able to be blessed even in a strange land? Because God's not going to send you somewhere, especially if it's God, you guys. God's not going to send you somewhere and leave you out there to fend for yourself. No, if he's going to send you, he's going to make a way. You better believe he's going to make a way so that you'll be able to make it in that strange land. So never doubt that God has your back because he certainly does have your back. And so I want to go to the next part of where God promised or, or made a covenant. Let's go to Genesis 15, 18 through 21. And it says in chapter 15, 8 through 18 through 21, it says, 
In that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thee, saying unto thee, have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river of Ephrates. Um, and so basically, in this particular scripture, God has given him land. So not only did he say he was going to make him a great nation and bless the people that come from out of him. Now he's also talking about he's going to give give um, Abram at the time land as well. So there goes another covenant. And, um, you know, like I'm saying, God is a God who's going to keep his covenant. And you need to remember the very covenants that he said to you. But that's not the only covenant he made. He he goes to finish off what he's saying. Um, and he'll, he'll do that in Genesis 17. So let's travel to Genesis 17. And on verse 3 of Genesis 17, it says, And Abram fell to his face. Um, you know what? Let's kind of go up a little bit. We're going to go to verse 2 of Genesis 17. It says in 2, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will, multi and will multiply thee exceedingly. It says in verse 3, And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thy shall be a father of many nations. And it says in verse 5, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, the father of a father of many nations have I made thee. So you guys, God is the type of God that's going to continue to remind you of the covenant he made to you. And so then this is when, you know, it talks more on, on in verse seven, it says, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. So God is saying to him, I'm, I'm establishing this covenant, not just with you, Abraham, but with your seed and their seed and their seed. Okay. So you guys, it's so important to be connected to God because He's the way maker, number one. He establishes that covenant with you, not just with you, but with your seeds to come. Okay? So we don't have to live out here doing this thing by ourselves because we have a God who is going to do it for us. And not just for us, but for our seeds to come, for the generations after us. You know what I'm saying? So cry out if you got to cry out. But when, know that when you're crying out, you're not just crying out for you. You're crying out for the seeds after you. And then their seeds too. So their children's children. <laughs> All right. So we'll be right back after this short break. We're going to wrap it on up. And then we'll see each other again. <laughs> we'll be back, you guys.
and we're back hey we are back and i hope you are definitely getting some good vibes from this word because anytime you get to hear about how god is going to maneuver things for you in such a way that it blesses not only you but your children's children it always brings me some good vibes um and so we're going to end our segment here on Exodus 3, verse 7, you guys. And it says, well, let me kind of paraphrase and kind of give you the story because we did skip a little bit. But Moses had went off and um, he had met God up on the mountaintop and um, around where the burning bush was. But it really was no, it was a fire, but nobody was getting burned, okay? And so God was letting Moses know that he's on holy ground now. Um, and so that's where we are right now. So let's go to verse seven. It says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of the land unto a good land, a large, and a large unto the land that flowing of milk and honey. Let's stop there. So God is now saying that he's going to take them out of the land that had been afflicting them, the land that had been causing them such sorrow, the land that caused them to cry out to God in the first place. He's going to take them out of that land, and he's going to take them to a land that is good land. It's larger than the land that they once had, and the land is flowing with milk and honey. Now, if you, my friends, don't know, if you can't get the big picture, just think of cows and how much milk a cow can produce. Just think of honey and how much honey can come out of those, you know, the honeycomb and, and the bees making. Like, it's a lot, you know? So he's giving them the resources. Now he's taking them to a greater land, a good land full of resources now. And... Like he said, he's hearing them. And if we go down to verse 9, it says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of of Israel out of Egypt. So we're going to stop right there, but, and, and we'll probably pick up next week, you know, I don't know, but I just wanted to remind you of a few things, you guys. For those who have read the Bible, you know, it will go on to talk about how Moses parted the Red Sea and all of those things. But while I was reading this word, I just, it, it was like, it just reminded me that Moses was destined for that role even before he knew. Because look at the situation in that which he was in. His mother put him in water. Pharaoh's daughter found him in the water. And it's going to be through the water that God uses to set the people free. 
So, you know, you may be looking at how you were born, the family you were born into, the struggle you went through, or maybe you didn't go through a struggle. But you may be wondering, why was I born into this family? Why am I going through this? But in the end, it all will come full fold and you will see exactly the road that God's taking you through as long as you're not afraid to cry out to our father to ask him the directions you will see the things unfold you guys so whatever that burning desire that you have that you just can't seem to shake that you don't know why you have it Maybe you should ask God because it all ties together. Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So Moses was called according to his purpose. And in the water, he was seen, but through the water, he was used, if that makes sense, because he, he was used to get his people from the, the, the snares of the enemy. And God just so happened to use that water. So look in deep inside yourself and ask God, what is it that he is trying to get me to do? What is it that he needs me to, to do? What is he trying to use that I possess that I may not even know right now? But the only way you're going to find out is if you first cry out unto the Lord. Surrender yourself to God so that he can give you the instructions, the answers that keep plaguing you day in and day out because things may not be working on your end and that's because you're not aligned with the perfect will that God had for you. So you guys, I thank you for joining me. Let's end with a prayer, you guys. And know that God is greater than your problems, than your situations. All you got to do is call upon him and he will be there. Father, we just thank you on this day. We thank you that your people have heard a, a word and that that word will stick with them. Father, we pray that you will just be glorified in their situation so that they know that you are there, that you have never left them, nor will you forsake them. Father, I thank you that you will give them instructions to know exactly what they're supposed to be doing right now. We cast down the thoughts of confusion. We cast down depression. We cast down anxiety, worry, or fear, Father God, because if they just call upon your name, Father God, in your name brings peace. Father God, you are Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And we thank you that in your peace, you will lead them and guide them, Father God. We thank you for providing for them, Lord God, being Jehovah Jireh in their life, Father God giving them steps to take each and every day to get them from point A to point B. Father God, I thank you that you have not left your people. Lord, be their banner and their strength. Jehovah Nisi, we need you to wrap your arms around these people. Guide them so that they know exactly how to move, how to go 
everywhere, Father God, we thank you. And if they don't know you on this day, I pray that they will surrender their lives, accept Jesus Christ, and Lord God, enter into the kingdom of heaven just as we are. Father God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys, I love you with the love of the Lord. I'm your host, Lakeisha Nevels. I can't wait to see you next week. We may continue on with Exodus. We may be moving forward with another chapter. But we're going to come and we're going to bring this word each and every week, God willing. But just know one thing. Your sister loves you with the love of the Lord. Be blessed. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. 